Hi there listeners. Welcome to episode 228 of Never on the Backfoot podcast. India defeated Australia 2-1 in their last bilateral ODI series before the ICC ODI World Cup this month. The men in blue recorded a comprehensive series victory in the first two games before losing the dead rubber. Australia dearly missed their regulars in the playing 11. Meanwhile, India could not have signed off their World Cup preparations in a better way. In this episode, we focus on the major takeaways from the ODI series both from the Indian and Aussie standpoints. On the podcast today, we have Srijan and Anshul. Srijan is a graduate in economics, political science and sociology from Christ Deem to be University Bengaluru. He is deeply passionate about cricket as a sport and prefers to write or talk about the game to just about anyone and everyone. He believes that one's love for the game shouldn't be defined by who is playing the sport. It should be rather on how the game is played. Ultimately, no one is greater than the sport. Also, he enjoys reading autobiographies and biographies and anecdotal accounts of cricketers. His favorite book till date is The Dhoni Touch. Unraveling the Enigma, that is Mahendra Singh Dhoni by Bharat Sundaresan. And on the other hand, we have Anshul, who seamlessly combines his professional expertise as a data scientist with his unwavering passion for cricket. Having proudly supported the Australian cricket team for decades, his love for the game runs deep. Not only that, our guest also boasts an impressive cricketing career. as a right arm fast bowler representing his state in various tournaments over the past decade without further ado let's get started hi shrijan and anshul welcome back to never on the backfoot podcast it feels great to have both of you on board i've seen you guys on the group you know uh, being very active uh, contributors to our uh, group chat with your amazing perspectives and having both of you on this episode is uh, an absolute dream come true so uh, what are your initial uh, thoughts to get started i think it's fu- it's great fun i'm looking forward to it uh, it's going to be a new thing for me too um so yeah i'm looking forward to it yeah i i reciprocate the sentiment as well like i haven't really ever had a conversation where uh, it's more than one people interacting with me and discussing cricket so yeah it's going to be fun and i really look forward to it absolutely and now you know uh, our context for discussion is also pretty interesting uh, we will be talking about the series between india and australia that just happened we'll be reviewing it while also giving a preview of uh, like india's uh, squad for the world cup right so to just kick start our discussion uh, what did you both make of uh, the indian selectors you know choosing a squad for the first two odis and then for the uh, third odi it was it like a strategy were they trying to uh, check if you know if they could get alternatives for the same position so shrijan if you want uh, you could start off yeah yeah uh, for me personally the squad for the first two odis from the selectors perspective would be um, would be to see who our uh, second spinner is to follow aksar patel who was doubtful for the world cup and that pretty much got answered uh, in the first two odis with the way ashwin uh, you know bowled even though washington sundar was called for the asia cup final um, ashwin did a fairly good job and yes he's been selected to the world cup squad now so i think primary motives for the first two uh, squ- uh, for, for the first two odis was to look for the spinner to back up uh, to back up aksar patel and i'm glad that we found the answer in ashwin 
one interesting thing although i found about the indian squad uh, like shrijan mentioned yeah it's it was really the question of who's going to be accompanying this uh, spin uh, counterparts however uh, i was really staggered by the kind of decisions they made in terms of the batting department particularly resting guys like rohit sharma virat kohli i mean yeah i get all the idea about okay you don't want the opposition to get acquainted with a particular player but at the same time if you look at the aussie bowling attack as well we did not really play our first hand attack like there was no one game where where uh, two of pat cummins mitchell stark and josh hazelwood had been playing so it uh, it that pretty much happened towards the business end where india also took out their big guns uh, with rohit sharma virat kohli kuldeep yadav and mohammad siraj all of them coming in for the third odi so uh, as far as the batting selection was concerned i was a little bit stunned as to why they went with that particular decision but then again it's indian selectors <laughs> Fair enough, and uh, certain decisions like this uh, will certainly send fans into a frenzy as to what was the rationale behind it. But uh, to you know, continue our discussion now. Obviously, this series was uh, kind of competitive-ish. At least the first two ODI seemed like hey, India had it easy, but the third one we really saw Australia make a comeback. So, uh, what are your uh, first impressions of the series? Uh, for me, the series was you know as I said earlier to give. uh you an answer to who your backup spinner to aksar patel was and also to give the others on the bench a little bit more game time uh and in that sense i found that uh yes even though resting your big players was a sort of a strange decision having said that you know uh, giving game time to someone like uh surya or someone like shreyas who's come back to the squad but has not had game time because he was injured again so these kind of questions that people had in their minds uh, these were the questions that were answered from an indian perspective and from an aussie perspective as well uh, yes the big guns came back for the final game so uh, pretty much the things seemed to be assembling well uh, going into the world cup Uh, so back when this schedule came out and we came to know that india is going to be playing three odis against australia in the lead up to the world cup i was a little bit surprised because we literally played a, an odi series back in march this same year so uh, it wasn't like uh, what is the what is going to be different this time around so i was a little bit surprised when the fixtures came out but uh, particularly that injury to travis head uh, that snorting uh, bouncer by gerald koje that hit him in the hand and fractured his hand i kind of thought that okay this is one of the opportunities that we can capitalize to identify if travis head is not going to be available then what are our options and for the first and third odi we pretty much played our those of our options with david warner and mitchell marsh opening and i reckon both of them did a pretty decent job to get australia to a uh swift to start in the power play because uh, i personally believe that in this particular world cup that is going to be the template where pretty much every team is going to be trying to score as much as they can irrespective of the conditions in the power play because due factor is one of the things that that is pretty much basic and very common in all of indian grounds so i particularly feel those extra 30 40 runs in the power play they are going to be really vital and the uh, this series kind of provided us an opportunity to try out our options as well as our bench strength uh, per se if something has happened to somebody mid tournament so what are our options who who we can turn to instead of calling reinforcements so this was one of the opportunities i particularly felt that uh, for india as well as australia 
to test out their bench strengths right i mean that is a fair assessment and now uh, you know just taking the discussion on to the first odi so the first odi was like a big win for team india morale boosting uh, victory that certainly would have not just lifted the spirits of the fans but also of uh, the players concerned right so uh, what are your thoughts on how the game uh, unfolded um for the first odi yes uh, we've had like the bench strength players coming into the squad uh, someone like shreyas uh, got some game time um, and yes uh, playing playing on surfaces such as mohali uh, you know where the ball doesn't do much it's pretty much a flat deck a road sort of a thing uh, i think our bowlers bowled uh, well particularly and batting first we did capitalize on the starts that we got uh, to make good impact and as anshul said uh, in the previous question as well Uh, it's it's got to be about getting those 30 40 extra runs in the power play to capitalize because uh if you look at the game in rajkot uh the last game we did see that as the game got progressed and in the in the second innings as the as the ball got old uh, run making was a little bit more difficult so i i thought that uh, india had pretty much covered all the bases that they were looking for and yeah a pretty clinical win uh, from india Yeah, for the first ODI, I particularly felt that the bowling of Indian lineup stood up uh, between the two teams because every time uh, any of the Australian middle order or any batter per se was trying to build a partnership, there was one of the one of the Indian bowlers who was coming to uh, coming to the uh, command center and getting wickets for the captain. That was one of the uh, things that I really liked about KL Rahul's captaincy as well as to how he rotated his bowlers. Uh, whenever there was a partnership coming it, he was just not restricting to mohammad shami uh, i mean if you look at mohammad shami's stats he pretty much uh, got a fifer towards the fag end of the innings and throughout the middle overs from 1 to 40 it was pretty much every indian bowler was chipping in it was spinners as well as the fast bowlers and that is something that i particularly feel would have uh, given indian uh, count, uh, indian team a lot of morale Uh, heading into the World Cup, that there is all the all all of their fast bowlers as well as spinners are firing all guns. Absolutely, and uh, you know the same line of thought. Uh, now you know KL Rahul was uh, captaining Team India in the absence of uh, Rohit Sharma. So how would you assess uh, KL Rahul's captaincy and most importantly his uh, wicket keeping as well, Shreejal? Um. So with KL Rahul's wicket keeping, at first I think. that was some sort of a hit and miss because he looked rusty especially in the first odi but uh, and then we also had ishan keeping after some time so i don't think we've pretty much nailed the wicket keeper spot yet uh, in my honest opinion we have uh, like ishan kishan who is your left hander can come in and you know can take on the leg spinner and also the left arm spinner uh, but captaincy wise uh, rahul did a fantastic job uh, he rotated his bowl as well and Every time India seems to play under Rahul, they seem to be creating new records, and something or the other comes up to the fore, and uh, the players also do something extra special to get the team over the line. So, uh, from a captaincy perspective, I think KL was very good, but uh, the keeping, he he did look rusty uh, in the start, and then we had Ishan Ishan keeping towards the later part of the match as well. So, uh, I don't think we've figured out a wicket keeper yet. uh so that's that with rahul's keeping uh i'll uh 
my my thoughts about this is, are this pretty similar as well i personally feel that india haven't really locked in that wicket keeping spot ever since that injury happened to rishabh pant because pretty much every other series they've been trying testing with different uh, keep different wicket keepers be it odis be it t20s or the test format they haven't really given any particular player significant amount of confidence that okay we are backing you you go over there and perform so that is one particular thing that i feel would be challenging for india in the upcoming world cup because uh, like uh, pretty much every de- uh, every deck in india uh, wickets come really hard over here because uh, more often than not it's one of the uh, wickets that where batters can really capitalize on to uh, the conditions uh, uh, and in such cases if a chance is coming and it is dropped behind the wickets either in the slip cordon or by the wicket keeper it's going to be really tough for india to come back from there and it might haunt them in the longer run in the pretty much crucial encounters say any knockout game or something a virtual knockout game so that is one particular thing i think india need to figure out otherwise kl rahul's captaincy it was like i said it was really brilliant he was Uh, i personally feel he is a bowler's captain who knows how to rotate his bowlers i still feel he isn't got that field placement and other aspects of captaincy as good as anybody else but i still feel over the time he could grow into that particular role and yeah keeping is something i've always felt kl that is kl rahul's third skill apart from being a batter and a fielder so i think he should stick to that and Uh, let uh, somebody better than him keep uh, because that is going to count a lot when it comes to crucial matches in the world cup perhaps the management might go back to the drawing board to figure out who could be the uh, permanent keeper and hopefully in the warm up games we get to see uh, someone now even earlier i think shrijan brought this point of how ravi ashwin you know was featured in this in these set of games and uh, making his comeback to the white ball team after a huge layoff was obviously massive so uh, what did you both uh, make of his return and initially he looked rusty is what many people uh, felt but you know we later saw him get into the groove especially in the second odi so a uh, thoughts on the same i was listening to dinesh karthik on crickbus uh, and he was telling as to how uh, ashwin was called up to the squad first for the asia cup final and then only it was washington sundar Uh, Ashwin at that point of time felt that he lacked a little bit of match practice and he was probably not uh, match ready yet and that's why he went and played for his club uh, a 50 over game for his club and then made on then and then went on to you know come into the team but uh, yes he did look rusty but on that wicket uh, on the mohali wicket go- going for one wa- going at one for 47 you know i think uh, that's a pretty much ashwin kind of a uh, bowling innings because he's always been that kind of a bowler who is get, going to get you 1 for 40 or maybe 2 for 50 uh so yeah he did look rusty but he did pretty much what we expect ashwin to do as a finger spinner so yes good you know good game practice going into the world cup for ashwin and i couldn't be happier uh that he is made to come back into the team you know i honestly never understood the idea of dropping ashwin from the frame at 
particular time okay i accept that kulcha was one of the lethal combinations that india went with after 2017 but if you if you look at ashwin and how he has improvised his game ever since he got dropped from that set the odi setup i personally feel uh, even if you look at somebody even if you are trying to find somebody in the indian lineup especially who should bat at number 7 number 8 and should be able to hold the stick while there is somebody else who is hitting the ball out of the park i still feel uh, there there you can't really find anybody else better than ashwin i mean just to uh, reiterate the most recent example of one such situation uh, in the uh, world t20 against pakistan in australia i personally feel there wouldn't have been any bat any better batter to face that white ball from uh, i i guess it was it was mohammad nawaz i personally feel there wouldn't have been any batter in india who would have the audacity to leave that ball at that particular juncture of the game so that these are one of the things that make ashwin the batter the bowler smarter than everybody else because he does not play the ball he plays the man he knows what the bowler is going to do because as a bowler he thinks while batting he thinks what the bowler can do and while batting while bowling he thinks what the batter can do so that is one of the skill he has that pretty much puts him above everybody else uh, as far as the indian uh, contingent is con- uh, uh, concerned so i all i never understood the idea why did they drop him out of it uh of course there could have been better uh, options than him but now that he has got his groove uh, i personally feel he's going to be a big gun for india i just hope they do not drop him like they did in the wtc final because it might uh, come back to haunt them uh, just a bit about ashwin as well so now that we have another spinner who's slightly different from jadeja and kuldeep we can have ashwin bat at eight and also maybe on a deck that assess seem can ha- have all the three seamers uh, shami bumra and siraj and also on decks you know where you feel that you need to have an extra pacer or an extra spinner sorry uh, you can have kuldeep as well so having ashwin in that spot uh, gives you that flexibility which aksar patel would not have given you because both jadeja and aksar are similar kind of bowlers so yeah the batting at 8 is sorted maybe shardul has to take a back seat now but uh, if you need an extra spinner ashwin's there for you but if you need an extra you know bowling option as well so he is there for you in all the respects of the game so i think it's a good inclusion absolutely i agree with both of you you know Ash- having ashwin in the team he's an experienced campaigner and uh, been a world cup winner as well and his presence in this indian setup is definitely uh, great and often stereotyped as just you know this test match bowler he really has a lot of prowess in the white ball which is often not seen which is very unfortunate but uh, now you know through this segment we have spoken so much about like the indian uh, bowling and what worked well but how would you assess australia's batting in this match so i'm sure if you would like to take this one yeah like i said earlier the problem with australian order was that we weren't really able to capitalize on any of the partnerships we had throughout the innings i like there were starts people getting 50s 40s 30s and then succumbing to the pressure that was created by the indian bowlers again credit to the bowlers for provide for creating that pressure from both of the ends because in odis it can happen that you can keep one end quiet but the other end can leak runs for you so credit to india over there that even after using just five bowlers 
they able to cre- uh, maintain that pressure from both of the ends and may uh, force the batters to create those mistakes but uh, as far as the uh, australian batting lineup is concerned i particularly felt that the middle order should have performed better than that because pretty much everybody got stars 30s 40s uh, david warner went on to 52 uh steve smith scored 41 manas labushain went out for 39 so it was like everybody was getting start ups uh, starts but failing to convert it into a substantial score that could allow the team to get past it i i reckon at one point we were uh, uh i reckon at one point we were 40 overs for 186 and even in the last 10 we, uh, for ju- for the fall of just uh, four or five wickets and with the kind of lineup that we were playing in that particular game i personally feel for the last 10 overs we could have easily capitalized onto the conditions because mohali it it gets a little bit easier to bat as the evening approaches particularly because of the dew so had we had wickets in our hand we could have easily capitalized in those last 10 overs and instead of scoring just uh, 80 or 80 90 odd runs we could have gone on to push it up until 120 130 Uh, and i reckon those 40 runs could have made a really huge difference so i think as far as the middle overs are concerned we really need uh, to navigate through those overs because uh, leading into this world cup if you look at pretty much every other team they have got two spinners who will be operating in the middle so uh, i personally feel navigating through these middle overs is something that australia need to take care of leading into the tournament yeah pretty much carrying the same sentiments uh, as anshul said most of the batters did get starts but weren't able to capitalize uh, and credit to shami as well i know we are speaking about the australian batting but uh, shami also needs to be spoken about here he was uh, fantastic the first pacer to get a five wicket haul in india after 16 years if i'm not wrong so yeah that was very good and if i had to nitpick maybe you can say that australia didn't have i mean maybe this was not their first 11 going into the world cup they didn't have many of their stars but not capitalizing on the starts they got was probably where they lost the game from a batting perspective absolutely i think that momentum shift uh, might have costed them a lot and uh, now when you look at india's batting as well it was superior in this match you had shubman gill ruturaj gaikwad kl rahul suryakumar yadav all of them coming to the fore and you know really uh, taking the match away from australia so how would you assess that batting performance and everything just coming together i think uh, the indian chase in the first odi it had a really crucial period uh, when we lost two or three wickets and then we had uh, rahul and ishan kishan batting and then later joined by surya kumar as well uh, if you know you hadn't navigated that phase it could have gone either way so uh, from an indian batting perspective you know to have these sort of players come in and get the time in the middle and you know really crunch through these situations these sort of situations that you might encounter in a world cup where you're put in a spot and you need to come out of it uh, you know you got those answers in the first these answers in the first odi if you you know if the chips are down who's who's the man to you know get you out of that situation uh, so these are the answers that uh, india got from the uh, from the first odi and yes uh, it was a very clinical chase uh, by rahul and surya as well glad that surya has finally cracked uh, the odi code if i may say so him scoring a lot of runs uh, a 50 and a 70 in the second odi uh, augurs well for india but does he start in your first 11 for the world cup that is something that we need to see maybe not but it's good that even your bench strength is 
coming into the match with confidence so that was good for india yeah i share the same feeling about the indian chase uh, i reckon they were three down for 150ish by the end of 26th over and re- requiring a further 130 for uh, to win in the next 25 overs and the the interesting thing was that the players that were about to come they hadn't had really much game practice leading into this series so that was really one crucial period where australia could have capitalized but a credit to kl and ishan over there where they kind of steadied the ship and then everything was taken apart by surikumar yadav in that uh, uh es sports knock that he pretty much plays every other game so yeah credit to indian uh, middle order particularly over there because it has been a significant pattern for india throughout uh, icc tournament that they have ha- always had a brilliant top order but their middle order hasn't come to the party ever so this is uh, uh, after 2013 of course so this is one of the this was one of the game where i particularly felt that the chips were against the indian middle order and they came uh, with all guns blazing and stretch significant and big partnerships to reduce that total and eventually chase it into the 49th over exactly it was a clinical uh, run chase and with that much of uh, you know momentum we move on to our second odi which was yet another uh, win for team india and you know it was also a series win So, how would you assess that indoor pitch? And uh, did you factor in Aussie comeback to make it one all, or did you just see like you know India was anyways riding the momentum, so they just end up uh, going for the series win? Shrijan, uh, batting second on that uh, Australia on on that indoor pitch was always going to be difficult, and you know it was kind of perplexing to think that uh, Steve Smith won the toss and put India to bat first. Uh, so I think half of the game was lost there and. uh with indoor and the pitch you know it's a 55 meter boundary it's a 60 meter boundary at best you know you, you can't complain as a batter because you get to hit your shots and pretty much all of it goes to the boundary but if you're a bowler in that ground uh my sympathies are with you but yeah i mean uh it was a good game overall again the batting came to the fore and uh, with the rain break and coming after the rain break how the spinners put on Um, a chokehold on the australian lineup was something that was really good to see because the ball didn't turn as much in the first innings and to see a drastic change a drastic change in the second innings was kind of surprising once again ashwin picking up three wickets on that indoor pitch uh, going under six runs and over in the context of the game was very good so yeah pretty much uh, sums up my thoughts on the indoor game Well, as someone who has actually played on the indoor wicket, I would actually advocate that Steve Smith kind of chose the, kind of made the right decision to choose to bat second because often it uh, dews and it dews heavy in indoor. So under the lights, the batting gets a lot easy. I agree that for, as a bowler, you have to really hide your faces when you are bowling in indoor because with that fifty-five meter boundary, it can pretty much, I mean, even mistime hits can go for a six over there. So there's there's no being shy about it but i personally felt that the game wasn't really won by indian bowling but more with the indian batting because uh, irrespective of the wicket if you are going to be scoring 400 on a, on any ground it's going to be a mammoth total for the opposition to begin with and in such situations what teams try to do is reduce that gap 
uh, in the target as much as they can in the power play and that is where the most of the games get set up uh where if you lose a couple of wickets early in the power play then you are pretty much chasing the eighth ball throughout the game and you are eventually going to lose so that was something that pretty much happened in that game where india went on to score 399 I mean that that's a uh, that's morally 400 to begin with. So I personally felt that this game more than Indian bowling, it was more of the Indian batting because this is uh, this is one particular area where India really set up the game, and then with uh, a couple of rain inter uh, rain breaks in between the game, it kind of breaks your momentum as well. So that is one more area where I particularly felt that Indian batters were really good. because the first rain inter uh, rain break that came i reckon uh, shubman gill and shreyas ayer were batting back then uh, around about 15 17th over and from there onwards they kind of changed the gears of the batting so they were earlier going at third fourth gear and now they were literally driving in the sixth gear pretty much uh, uh, scoring eight nine runs of every other over and this was the middle overs that i'm talking about So this is one area where I particularly felt India set up the game really nicely, capitalized on the pressure that was created by their batters, and then KL Rahul playing that inning and Suri Kumar Yadav again playing that T20 God mode uh, with uh, with just a joystick and hitting it everywhere at will. So I personally feel it was the Indian batting that showed. Uh, shown in this game however it was the indian bowling that shown in the very first game actually and that's why you know indian fans were really happy that hey we had both our departments uh, come through in both of these odis but then if i had to ask what went wrong with the aussie bowling on that day and where did they lose plot i mean besides the conditions now through the world cup also i think they're going to be facing like some challenging conditions right so uh, where did they lose plot shrijan i think uh, as a bowler pretty much uh, when you're bowling on that indoor track once again there's pretty much nothing that you can do as a bowler to reap rewards and probably if you ask me where australia lost the plot maybe cam green having an off day and not really coming to uh, you know uh, the party was where uh, most of the runs were scored and yeah the indians really took apart cam green but again credit to josh hasselwood as well because the way he has been bowling in this series uh, he's just been one step above the rest of the bowlers so pretty much nothing to complain as a bowler uh, because the pitch was flat and the ground is small so even if your good balls are going for a boundary there's nothing that that you can do so uh, the aussie bowlers did have a off day is what i would like to presume uh, on that track but yeah uh, most of the most of the beating was done to cam green so him not having a very good day probably made a 380 into a almost a 400 innings so maybe a 370 380 pitch into an all, almost 400 innings so maybe that's that's where australia lost the game i personally feel it has got a lot more to do with the acclimatization of uh, with the conditions than to just uh, than to be bowling bad lengths because if you look at the bowling sco- uh, bowling scorecard of australia Josh Hazelwood and Adam Zampa they both of them are veteran in terms of the indian conditions with their experience in the ipl and everything and they pretty much went at 6.2 6.7 respectively on that wicket which was very good however if you consider the other four bowlers who played that particular game spencer johnson sean abbott cam green and matthew short all three uh, 
over here i would actually like to exclude matthew short because he pretty much bowled just two overs and went for 15 at a rate of 7.5 so i personally think that shouldn't really count so if you think if you look at the other three bowlers they haven't really played much cricket in subcontinent let alone in india so they of course they having grown uh, in australia on those bouncy fast wickets you are a kind of habitual to be bowling that good length and i personally feel they weren't really acclimatized with the indian conditions so that is one area where i feel uh, india really capitalized on the inexperience of these three bowlers and the results were pretty much clear where spencer johnson went for pretty much 8 and over cam green of course uh, like srijan mentioned went for 10.3 and over of his 10 and sean abbott despite of bowling well he went for 9 so this is something that happens in indoor on those flat back on those flat decks that you despite of bowling a good ball you kind of go for those uh, runs because uh, like uh, these odis these lois are pretty much the batter's game so even if you are bowling a good ball you aren't really uh, guaranteed a wicket because the batter may score somehow a run and of course it can uh, happen in loi so i particularly think it had got more to do with the acclimatization with the indian conditions uh, than with the uh, than with the bowlers bowling uh, bad lengths now even when you look at australia's batting like except david warner and that uh, late flourish from sean abbott the rest of the batting just did not come to the party i mean obviously you're chasing a total of like 400 it will be very overwhelming but somewhere uh, do you think you know in the world cup they might encounter situations like this and it was a batting collapse perhaps shrijan yeah this is something that we've been seeing from the australian side for for some time now even in the south africa series we saw that once the top order maybe got stats the middle order was not able to capitalize on those stats and uh, on those starts and then you know uh, carry on the innings we've seen a few collapses from the australian innings and uh, from the australian batting and that's been a point of concern uh, but with david warner and sean abbott yes they did play good knocks uh, and uh, particularly about sean abbott and the indian bowling i think uh, our struggles to you know clean up the tail continue and yes sean abbott did play a very good innings uh, credit to him where due but uh, yeah uh, maybe saying that Australia didn't capitalize on the starts that maybe David Warner had in this innings was a fair assumption and a fair uh, criticism of uh, the Australian batting and yes they would encounter such situations in the world cup and i i hope now that they have uh, labishan in the squad as well uh, for the world cup they do you know capitalize on those starts that the top order is giving you and carry those starts to maybe make on a big score and i like i said earlier i mean if you are losing a couple of wickets early in the power play in the chase of 400 it's you will always be chasing the eighth ball throughout the entire game and that is exactly what happened with the australian lineup we lost uh, to uh, we lost chief smith and matt short in the very second over of the game and from there onwards i mean despite of his stature as uh, somebody who cannot hit it long steve smith is one of the very pivotal parts of the australian lineup and pretty much every other team that he plays and to be losing him in the second over of a 400 run chase is always going to be pushing uh, your teams back against the wall and that is what happened over there as well because despite of david warner trying to hit it out of the park every other ball 
uh, it was Manas Labushain who had to play that damage control role because we had already lost two wickets very early in the game. Uh, at the time where the score did not really go into double digits. So that was one point where Australia kind of lost the plot, losing those couple of wickets. And from there onwards, it was, I mean, it seemed like they were never really in the, in the game. And except for uh, except for that flourish uh, from Sean Abbott towards the end, I personally felt that the Indian bowlers were really on the money. Because the pressure that was created by the loss of those two early wickets, they tried to ensure that despite of them, uh, kind of their kind of focus shifted from controlling runs to taking wickets. And that is one point where they uh, succeeded in picking up the entire team all out instead of just restricting them to 240-250 odd for the loss of 4-5 wickets. So that is one point where I feel that we need to take care of leading into the World Cup. That if we are if we are going to go by the approach that we just need to hit everything like the English team does, sure do that, but we have to do it with conviction, irrespective of the fact, uh, irrespective of the number of wickets we are losing very early, because that is one trend that you observe with the English team that has been groomed by Owen Morgan. Even they, even if they lose early wickets, three wicket, even if they are three for sixty at the end of power play, they still try to notch it up, notch the score up up until three thirty, three forty, three fifty by the end of the fiftieth over. That is because of the consistency they have in their hitting. They don't really change their gears. They don't. They back their own skill set and their game plan. That they have come up, come into the game with the mindset of. Uh, trying to capitalize and put the pressure back on the bowlers. And that is something, if we are going to be trying to do that, we need to do it with full conviction and not just a couple of players. That is actually uh, well put and somewhere that Australia will definitely want to look into, you know, considering they'd be chasing huge uh, targets. Now, even when you look at the Indian bowling, we had Ashwin and Jadeja, you know, coming to the party, proving their mettle. And uh, it was an overall good bowling performance by uh, Team India. So what are your thoughts on the same? In 2017, there started this whole trend that, you know, you need to have a breast spinner to attack both edges of the bat to challenge your the opposition batting uh, and maybe your wrist spinners can go for you know 3 for 85 at the end of 10 overs but they get you those three wickets whereas finger spinners um, might go for one for 45 or max two for 55 or something like that uh, but with ash and jereja coming back to the setup after nearly 6 years i felt that there's still the need for a finger spinner in the middle and i've never been one person who has really bought into the theory that you know, finger spinners can't, uh, you know, challenge both edges of the bat and cannot be as competitive as wrist spinners. Yes, as the game progresses and the, as longer as the game is, finger spinners do get into the game and they do, with a little bit of help from the conditions, they do get into the game and they do challenge opposition batters as well. And that's something that both Ashwin and Jadeja did really well in this innings and happy for them that uh, things are coming together uh, even in the last minute, uh, even though Ashwin was not really in the scheme of things coming back to the setup and continuing from where he left off uh, previously. That was something really uh, good to see as a viewer. Uh, so, like I said earlier, the Indian mindset after the loss of those two wickets was to try and take wickets and 
who two better bowlers who two better spinners in the indian lineup than ashwin and jadeja to be focusing on picking up wickets rather than squeezing the runs because even if you see in the test arena they don't really go for trying to restrict the run scoring what they try and do is they try and pick up wickets because that is what builds the pressure on the opposition and over here they did the same uh, uh, instead of trying to be bowling those uh, negative lengths where you try to restrict a batter's run uh, scoring they went for they went for the attacking lines the wicket taking deliveries and that is where i feel ashwin and jadeja are always at their best and like shrijan uh, said about the trend of picking a rest spinner in your 11 i totally agree with the idea of that as long as you are fielding your best 11 on that particular day because if you are not really doing that are you even uh, that put that basically means you are getting dwelled up too much into the matchups and that is one particular area where the opposition can really capitalize on because if you are not really playing your best 11 in a world cup game then why are you even playing it this is one of the concerns i have had with the indian lineup for a few years now that they get dwelled too much into the match of the laptop analysis statistics everything and they don't really go for the uh, go for their best players to be fielding on that day i totally agree with the conditions that okay conditions may or may not suffice a particular player but you also have to take under consideration their skills ashwin is somebody who you cannot really rule him out of the game because he thinks very quick and very swift if you are if you have to pick up a, a bowler who is supposed to outfox a batter a well set batter i won't be really picking anybody else apart from ashwin because of the mindset he has he can really turn the games on their head just with the uh, way he bowls and just the way he carries himself the demeanor the aura that the player has i personally feel he has always been uh, one of those uh, uncredited heroes of the indian cricket where he has really contributed a lot and uh, haven't been re- uh, given much credit and it is really good to see that over uh, over all these years when he had been uh, overlooked he, instead of uh, instead of going over social media and just bitching about the selectors and everything he has rather focused on improvising his game and let his game make the statement that okay i am still the best and which is precisely the case you can't really pick a better a better number 8 uh, batter who can give you 10 overs and can also give you 40 or 50 runs in a game uh, other than ashwin so that is so that is one of the things that i personally feel they should be doing going forward as long as ashwin and jadeja are over there these two should be your number 7 and number 8 players Absolutely, and uh, the value he brings to the team is definitely unparalleled. And now with these two ODI wins uh, secured, you know India was heading into the third ODI. You had uh, the men who were rested in the first two coming back. You had Virat Kohli, Rohit Sharma, Hardik Pandya, Kuldeep Yadav, and all of them coming back, right? But somewhere the third ODI saw you know Australia finally come back to their groove, register that morale boosting win. That is definitely that definitely augurs well, you know, heading into the World Cup. So Anshul, what were your first uh, reactions? on that win and were you satisfied that there was finally a win on board precisely i mean third odi was that game where both of the teams pretty much played their first choice 11 for the world cup i mean except for tanvir sanga i reckon uh, 
uh, Adam Zampa would be coming in. But apart from that, as long as Travis Head is injured and isn't playing, I reckon they'll be going uh, in with Cameron Green uh, in at the uh, uh, fag end of the innings and opening with Mitchell Marsh. And this is this is uh, the thing that I really wanted to see throughout this series, where we are trying to play the first choice eleven that we'll be playing in our World Cup game, so as to give the players. enough uh, match practice and enough time to acclimatize with the indian conditions and the results were really clear where we were really able to uh, navigate through those middle overs i still feel uh, india did crawl back towards the death overs in those last 10 overs because we lost some four five wickets over there and from a point where we were uh, looking at australia to be scoring 380 400 uh, india kind of restricted australia to 350 odd so that is one area where i particularly felt that indian bowlers did bowl well and uh, but apart from if i look at the overall batting experience of australia i personally was ra- very very satisfied because batters were really trying to convert the starts and we can uh, we, it it uh, i mean it was very evident that it, the playing conditions weren't really easy uh, mitchell marsh literally were was crammed through his way from 60 to 96 with just hitting boundaries because he had given up that okay i'm not going to be running at all because this is too hot i mean even after even after he played that innings he did go on to say on the record that these were the hottest conditions that he has ever batted in and in australia it does get it does get particularly in western australia it does get 40 42 degrees celsius in the summers so to be coming this coming from one of the western australians i particularly felt the playing co- tells you a lot about uh, what kind of playing conditions over there particularly with the heat and everything so despite of these challenging conditions us going on to score 350 uh, i personally felt it could have been a, bet- uh, a better total maybe they could have pushed it towards 380 with a better finish but yeah 350 was something i would uh, i would be taking any every day of the week particularly in a game in india yeah i pretty much echo the same sentiments as anshul uh, most of the batters did get starts uh, you had your first 11 players coming into the game and uh, mitch marsh did a, did have a very good innings uh, all of the others as well the top four batters all of them scored 50s uh, got starts and uh, you know converted them to big scores probably if i had to nitpick as anshul said as well uh, from 350 you could have gone to 380 or maybe 390 or even 400 at one stage as it was looking so that not being able to convert that start into a bigger score was something that australia lacked but yeah i mean pretty much a fair game and a good australian batting innings i think australians would have been very happy with the way all their first 11 players are coming in and scoring runs so yeah Fair enough. And on the same line of thought, uh, was it a concerning bowling performance by the Indian bowlers? Because you know, going for almost three fifty plus, at at some point they did pull back and you know try to restrict the run flow. But uh, Bumrah really stood out with his uh, three wickets. But besides that, it was not one of the best days that the Indian bowlers had. What are your thoughts on the same? Um, no, no, not really concerned about the Indian bowling innings because. Yes, as the game started initially, it was a very good pitch to bat on, and the Australians made complete use of it. Uh, you know, you had both the openers, Australian openers, going hard at the Indian bowlers. Uh, and as the game progressed, as the heat took toll on the players and the other conditions as well, the players did you know uh, slow down a little bit 
and the uh, indian bowlers also did come back into the game uh, as you mentioned uh, bumrah picked up three wickets but not really concerning given the conditions but uh, given the chance i think the indian bowlers did bowl fairly uh, there was nothing that we can say could have been better uh, but yeah i mean i thought that given the conditions and the ground uh, and how the australians were batting fair enough to say that the indian bowlers did have a fair game yes they did go for a few runs more than what we expect them to go but uh, overall considering the dynamics of the g- game and the ground i think the indian bowlers did have a good game yeah i also believe the indian think tank should not really dwell much into in the, uh, in this particular game as far as their bowling performance is considered because the li- the likes of jaspreet bumrah mohammad siraj they didn't really bowl bad balls it was just that the australian top order was up to the mark and they were uh, playing pretty much every ball on its mer- on its merit and at the same time tr- creating chances for themselves it was not that jaspreet bumrah mohammad siraj and all the other bowlers bowled badly it was more of the australian batters capitalizing and putting pressure back on the bowlers which were, which has been missing from the first two odis where we were where we were pretty much chasing the eighth ball from uh, ball one so i personally feel uh, the indian think tank should not really think much about the bowlers performance and they should not be really concerned as well because just the other day mohammad siraj uh, picked up a six for an asia cup final uh, that was one of the dream spells a bowler can pretty much imagine mohammad shami in the very next game picks up a fifer jaspreet bumrah has been consistently picking 2 3 2 3 wickets every other game so and the spinners have also come up to the party in the series throughout the series so i personally feel they should not be really concerned about the indian performance because the indian bowlers are something that i would be banking more compared to the indian batting heading uh, as far as an indian fan heading into the world cup fair enough and uh, you know just taking a quick look at the opening combo that team india opted for we had washington sundar and rohit sharma walking out to open so how surprised were you you know seeing this duo walk out i mean we know washington is definitely not india's first choice opener and they were just experimenting but how did what did you make of it uh seeing the team sheet i saw that rohit and virat were listed as the openers and i pretty much thought that this would yeah. be the order that uh, india was going into uh, but with washi yes he bats uh, he opens the innings for tamil nadu in the limited overs format uh, for, and he is capable with the bat but today i mean on that day particularly uh, he was never really comfortable he was never really able to come into his game and that's where i thought india lost the game if there was one area that india lost the game that was with the opening yeah. partnership the numbers don't seem to suggest so uh, we did not lose a wicket in the first 10 overs uh, and our power play score was 65 for no loss if i remember correctly but having washi not capitalize on the start that yeah. uh, rohit was having at the other end was probably where we lost the game uh, in my personal opinion I think the idea to open with Washington Sundar had a lot to do with the scars yeah, that right. Trent Bolt, Shine Afridi have created in the <laughs> Indian mind because a left arm fast bowler swinging at 140 150 that is something the Indian against an Indian top 5 all right handed that is something that the indian think tanks is literally terrified to be fielding and that is why i personally felt that they sent out washington sundar just to cut out that angle created by that natural angle created by mitchell stark 
so that at least he can safeguard rohit sharma but it, i but as it turned out it was the other way around because rohit sharma was somebody who was trying to take the game to the bowlers and washington sundar was really struggling a bit so that is one thing i th- uh, that is one thing i think indian uh, management should really take into consideration and in- like i said instead of going for the matchups and everything you should always try and field your best 11 at that particular point i personally feel virat kohli and rohit sharma were the best options for the opening uh, particularly if you were trying to chase that mammoth total we had set of 350 on that wicket because of course uh, i because games in rajkot they are pretty much uh, i mean of course the batting first team wins a lot i mean i as far as the uh, records are concerned i'm not really sure about them but every team that has played over there in odia and has batted first has won the game but the margin of defeat hasn't been uh, that much i mean 66 runs is a really huge margin of defeat if you are talking about odias however previously the odis had been lost by 40 30 runs or something like that so i feel uh, like srijan mentioned washington sundar wasn't really able to capitalize on the start that uh, rohit sharma had been getting at the other end and that uh, i think over there if it would have been somebody of the stature of virat kohli or something maybe the australians would have tried and tested a, a lot of different things as well that maybe would have created chances for the indian uh, think tank uh for the indian batters sorry but then again i think the scars run far too deep for the indian uh, management to be thinking of uh throwing five right arm batters against a left arm swinging bowler that is actually an interesting uh, perspective i thought they were trying like a left right combination but i, I think this could also be another uh, reason why they opted for this but if, even if you look at india's innings now you had maxwell scalp like four wickets and he's definitely going to be a uh, you know fixture no he's going to be a permanent per- place in that uh, aussie setup right ahead of this uh, world cup you know he brings a wealth of experience with him and he's acclimatized with the indian conditions so anshul what are your thoughts on now his presence in the team and what he brings to the table so speaking strictly of the third odi it, there was a lot of hype of mitchell stark and uh, glen maxwell returning into the australian 11 and likewise the indian batting the indian 11 was also prepared for it it's just that they were prepared for maxwell the batter and however they got maxwell the bowler who pretty much dried up run scoring and at the same time picked huge wickets that of uh, to be scalping for rohit sharma uh, uh, virat kohli shreyas ayer in this uh, in the kind of form that the three of uh, them have been in uh, that was something that i was really pleased to see because i have always felt that players like glen maxwell and travis head they aren't really part time bowlers who can give you 3 4 overs they are genuine wicket taking options who can really give you 10 overs on a particular given day so that is one of the pleasing things i can see and uh, rightly so the kind of balance that maxwell brings into the team he's somebody who can give you those 10 overs uh, if and when required at the same time he's somebody who can hit it at 180 190 In, towards the fag end of the innings and even if you look at the template that we had followed into 2015 world cup it was pretty much the same where maxwell was pretty batting at number 6 and he had been given that uh, free card to do a- anything that he wants he wants to ramp it first ball he wasn't asked a question if he hits it he hits it if he doesn't if he fails 
ஆம் <laughs> Glenn Maxwell the bowler that progressive that progressive uh, workload that he has built up over the last few years ever since the 2019 world cup where he has really become one of those guys who can really give you 10 overs i think that is going to be one of the interesting parts leading into the world cup because we really have a wrist spinner in adam zampa to be navigating through the middle overs Uh, in case if required an extra wrist uh, wrist spinner we have the likes of steve smith and travis head uh, steve smith and manas labushin i'm sorry uh, but i personally feel uh, the uh, the importance of a finger spinner in indian conditions is invaluable and that is where i feel uh, glen maxwell and travis head when he returns is going to be really vital head, uh, for our blueprint in uh, in the upcoming world cup yeah for me maxwell coming back in this game after a nearly career threatening injury uh, right in time for the world cup i think was a great sign for australia even though maxwell the batter was not coming uh, into the party as much maxwell the bowler really stepped up uh, but for me one area where i feel australia will be really struggling going into the world cup is the lack of a second spinner to back up adam zampa uh, could australia have been braver in calling uh, tanvir sanga into the uh, squad now that ashnagar is ruled out and probably replace head with uh, labishin because head is not going to play your first maybe three or four games uh, would that have been a call that australia would have made is something that is for them to decide now i don't think there's any scope for change but the lack of a second spinner is where australia is going to suffer but having said that uh, 10 overs uh, 40 for 4 on a on a really flat deck again in uh, rajkot was a very impressive performance uh, and he is one kind of a bowler who is not going to give you a lot of room he is not going to bow, bowl a lot of bad balls for you to free your arms and go after him he is going to be bowling a very stump to stump line and going to keep it tight so that's where i i feel that the indian batters suffered but is is maxwell your second spinner who is going to give you 10 overs game after game is something that i mean he is pretty much capable to do it and he has done it uh, in the past as well but over 9 games or 10 games is he going to be your second spinner who is going to like give you 10 overs day in and day out is something that the australian think tank might have to think going into the world cup right i mean that will be uh, quite an interesting area that australia would uh, want to investigate uh, you know going ahead in this world cup and considering they already announced their squad now through this episode as well we have uh, you know spoken about the three odis that happened that have given us a lot of perspective and uh, we have also you know uh, realized that some things work and some things don't so looking at it from an indian perspective how do you think india is shaping up ahead of the world cup here you can focus on the learnings the takeaways and even the positives uh, at large and areas to work on shrisan we'll start with you yeah for me the learnings from an indian perspective in this series has been that all of your players all of most of the 15 players have got a run in the middle have got game time uh and have utilized those game times that they've got uh to a full extent that's been one of the biggest learnings and 
all of them have come into uh, the party. Uh, you know, you've had um, people returning from injury, uh, Bumrah, Shreyas, Rahul, all of them have contributed in some way. Uh, if there's one thing that I need to say, maybe uh, having Jadeja at number seven and not going in with much batting to show for, uh, yes, he's had a decent IPL. Uh, he finished the game for CSK and all of that, but uh, in the longer format, in an ODI setup, uh, how is he going to you know capitalize on those starts uh, that the top and middle order is going to give him? If there's a scenario where he has to finish the game for uh, India, is he capable enough, given the form that he's in right now, coming into the World Cup? That is the only thing that I can think of. The bowlers and the batters, all of them did a fairly good job. And India, I think, are the only settled side going into the World Cup. I know it's a fairly brave call to make. Uh, we've had players return from injury. Other sides have injury concerns as well. But India, I think the first 15 or the first 11 looks really good. Uh, any one of them can come into the 11 and give you uh, runs and wickets. So that's one of the biggest learnings for me in this series from an Indian perspective. Yeah, like Sijan mentioned that any one of the Indian 15 can really come into the 11 and uh, perform on the particular day. That definitely has to be one of the pleasing signs for the Indian fans heading into the World Cup because just like it happened in this series, Suri Kumar Yadav, Ishan Kishan, uh, these guys, these guys, I personally feel they aren't going to be really in the starting 11. But to be seeing them performing like this, uh, such that they can really turn the game on its head, like Suri Kumar Yadav did in that second ODI, Ishan Kishan has been uh, chipping in with consistent performances and the kind of partnership he uh, built up with uh, KL Rahul in the first ODI. I think these are the few signs that Indian think tank and Indian fans would be really pleased heading into the World Cup that their bench strength is already tested and is in form. Because that has been one of the concerns for India over the years that... The, uh, the 11 looks good. The top order looks good. The middle order has always been a concern, particularly that number four spot, which I think Shreya Sayer has nothing but nailed it. So these are kind of the concerns that India used to have earlier, but heading into this World Cup, they have found answers for these kind of questions. And apart from this, their bench strength has also been tested against a fairly good attack of Australia. Uh, so, I personally feel, yeah, these are some really good positive signs for any team heading into the World Cup, let alone India, playing a home World Cup. Absolutely. That was really well put, uh, both of you. It really adds a lot of nuance uh, to our conversation as well. And although India looks like a settled unit, you have a tough competitor in the form of Australia who really found their groove in that uh, third ODI as well. So, how do you think Australia is uh, shaping up for this World Cup? Again, you know, here you can focus on the learnings, takeaways, positives, and perhaps areas to look into. I think one of the concerns for us heading into the, this World Cup uh, has to be the middle has to be the performance of middle order as well as the uh, finishers because if the middle order is is performing, the finishers haven't really been able to capitalize on the platform. Uh, being set and if the top order fails the middle order hasn't been able to do that damage control and allow the finishers to put up a show towards the last 10 overs so that is one thing I particularly feel should be a concerning signs for us but given the fact that uh, the way we pulled up in the last ODI against India because 
uh, in that particular ODI, India really played one of the, uh, I think their first choice 11 that they'll be starting with against us in Chennai. So to be performing like that against them uh, should be one of the morale boosting signs for us heading into the World Cup. And of course, the kind of template that we had followed ever since Aaron Finch has retired with Travis Head opening, Mitchell Marsh batting third. So that is one of, that has been one of the pivotal parts of our World Cup plans. And an unfortunate injury to Travis Head has, of course, kind of derailed it. But I won't be reading too much into it because an Australian team uh, uh, does not really go by chance. And if they have, they are carrying an injured Travis Head heading into the World Cup, then it is very sure that Travis Head would be uh, available at some point. I personally feel that he should be available by the uh, Pakistan game against... Uh, by the game against Pakistan at Bangalore on the 20th of October. And once Travis Head gets, uh, once Travis Head is available, I think we'll have a variety in terms of our bowling, uh, particularly this pen department, because like I said, Maxwell and Head can really give you more than 20, more than uh, 10 overs between them. Uh, this will allow a little bit of room for somebody like Mitchell Marsh to bowl as well, if if required, and at the same time reduce a fair bit of workload from the three from the big three that we have been having in our uh, side for better part of the decade now. So I personally feel these are a few concerning signs, but I think we shouldn't be really reading too much into them because we still have options about them. Um, for me, it's been how uh, the Australian side has been filled up with all-rounders. You, yes, the middle order has not capitalized on starts uh, at some points of time, but uh, the all-rounders that the Australia team has is a really big positive. You have players like Stoinis, Marsh, uh, even Head maybe uh, when he returns to the side at a later point of time, can chip in with the ball. You have Smith and Labishin. So when you look at uh, sides that have succeeded in the World Cup, uh, particularly let's take India's example in the 2011 World Cup, you've had the middle order batters chip in with the ball as well. So that is something that, that's a very huge positive uh, for Australia uh, heading into the World Cup in India, given the Indian conditions. And yes, uh, to speak about other positives as well, uh, Warner having some runs behind him, you know, he's had a sort of a lull period in this year. Uh, so having some runs behind him is a huge plus. And also, uh, the pace bowling department of Australia, uh, you have re uh, three good quicks uh, who can fit into the 11. So, those are the learnings and postures for Australia uh, going into the World Cup. Both teams can go into the top four. Or a shoot, I mean, they will be a short shot uh, top four, uh, in my personal opinion. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that as well. They will be in the top four without a doubt. <laughs> Absolutely. And that gives us uh, so much to look forward to as well. You know, some real fierce competition uh, for those semi-final uh, games as well. And as we reach the end of our discussion, uh, do you both have any final thoughts or even a message for our listeners? Because this is World Cup year, right? It's barely a few more days to go and there's just so much to look forward to. So any final thoughts, Shrijan and then Anshul? Yeah, for me, uh, it hasn't really sunk in yet that it's a World Cup year. There's no I mean, personally, there's not a lot of excitement that I've been seeing thanks to how the BCCI has organized it. But come the World Cup, I think uh, a lot of fans will be tuning into the games and all of that. I'm going to be brave enough to say, I mean, I've said both India and Australia will be in the top four for sure. 
but i'm going to be brave enough and say this is going to be india's world cup india is going to win the world cup let me make the call right here so uh, for me this is the year uh, that india is going to win the world cup but uh, irrespective of that even if we don't win the world cup and even if we have a bad game you know going to the top four uh, for a side like india it's really easy because of the strength that we have but beyond that it's just a matter of two good days on the ground but even though we don't have the, i mean even if we may not have have that but uh, we must continue to support this team uh, let there not be hate or let there not be you know uh, stuff that this player should have been selected of the over the other and all of that uh, this is the 15 that we have going into the world cup and let's back this 15 to get the cup for us so that's my thought uh, yeah to begin with the management that bcci has done for this world cup in terms of organizing and pretty much every other thing ticketing and stuff it has been really poor and has been kind of a uh, showdown for the uh, cricket fraternity across the globe but i think yeah once the world cup kicks in once the once the first ball is bowled between england and new zealand Uh, at narendra modi stadium i think uh, the fever will kick in and everybody would be on the edge of their seats to, uh, cheering for their favorite teams uh, of course like srijan said uh, india and australia are going to be uh, in the top 4 i totally agree with the sentiment but apart from that i don't really feel india can really go towards that mark one of the reasons being because getting up until that top 4 is where you have to perform consistently and once the knockout stage begins it's not about what kind of skill you have it's about whether or not you are able to execute that skill on that particular day so that is one area where i personally think that india may struggle with because i mean of course it has been a terror of more than a decade so i won't be really brave enough to call that india will not win the world cup but i personally feel that uh, either uh, i mean whoever wins the world cup would be really knocking it down against the teams in group stage as well as in the knockout games and i would be really loving it if australia does that <laughs> all of us have our uh, team favorites but here's hoping you know the best team wins at least i'll have to say that as a podcast host because i can't be like ah india should win as much <laughs> as i want that to happen <laughs> but that's actually a very uh, fitting conclusion guys and on that note uh, let's draw curtains on our discussion thank you so much for joining me on the podcast and uh, there are some fun things that i've planned during the world cup and i definitely want you guys to you know come back again so here's hoping that happens at fingers crossed for more collaborations so until next time stay safe and take care guys bye for now thank you so much listeners for tuning into this episode and for your unstinted support please follow and press the bell icon on spotify and subscribe to the podcast on google podcast for the latest episode updates and stay tuned do check out at the rate never in the back foot on instagram and threads and at the rate never in the back one on twitter now called x for the latest facts updates fresh content and a lot more that's coming up this cricket season the podcast is also available on apple podcasts google podcasts spotify overcast spotify for podcasters and many other platforms so please do spread the word until next time stay safe and take care listeners bye for now